2: Welcome to
3: the new release time for Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. The latest episodes now on Fridays for weekend date night listening. To help couples keep it hot.
1: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD, and I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, Lori. Good morning.
2: That's another time in the podcast closet. In the closet. Back at it. And so we are talking about sexual perfectionism this morning. Um, So are there different things that you are perfectionistic about? Or do you consider yourself (laughs) a perfectionist? Uh,
1: I consider myself Driven right i wish i were a little more perfectionistic about mm. housekeeping and things like that but so i'm i'm not terribly organized and i kind of live with that i probably have a bit of add but in terms of how i want things done in my company oh my goodness yeah i'm i'm very demanding i mean i stay up late i work really hard you know i have my finger in different pies you know, it's like there's a lot that I'm doing that I mean, most people would say that's essentially a perfectionism. You know, mm. I I'm pretty demanding. So your
2: your expectations are high.
1: My expectations are pretty high. I'm a supervisor for clinicians. And so I demand a lot. You know, I make yeah. them give me the family of origin stuff for the couple. I make them give me dialogue, you know, how just how did you say it to that guy? That made him get so defensive, and then I'll actually tweak it with my supervisees, and I'll say, "No, no, no! You actually should have said this." So, uh, when it comes to clinical work, I'm I'm really demanding, really perfectionistic, especially for my people. I, I don't hmm. know if they feel that, but See,
2: I would have thought you would have said that you're perfectionistic about your teeth because I know your teeth are. <laughs> I know your teeth are important. To you. I, I dental floss that.
1: every day, Adam. Yes. Yeah, you would be
2: proud of me. <laughs> I I now started flossing because of you. <laughs> But it didn't help. I still had. I had. I had to have dental surgery this weekend, in no which they way. pulled my back teeth.
1: Oh well, your wisdom teeth. That's
2: and the and the molar. I now have. I have no teeth. I, oh, at this rate, I I'm losing teeth. At this rate, by the time I'm fifty, I will have a full <laughs> set of fake. It's
1: because dentures. you didn't dental floss. It's,
2: uh, they actually said I had nothing to do with it. There was, I couldn't avoid it. So there, oh. take that. <laughs> All of my flossing would not have helped this. But
1: you know what? Your wife is going to think you're markedly more attractive because you're dental flossing.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe I think so. I It'll should be. Help. I should It'll be help. more. I should be more perfectionistic about that.
1: You know, you know because of our uh, the guy who called in, and I, I think it was our our buddy who thought flossing was so gross. Right. You know, now whenever I'm flossing, my husband walks in the bathroom, I'm like self-conscious. <laughs> You're conscious <of> about <laughs> oh, how she flossing. no, flossy. I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, just don't throw it in the toilet. You have to throw it in the trash because it'll clog up the sewers. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, okay. It only goes in the trash, but, you
2: know. Well, I should be more perfectionistic about my teeth, but I'm I'm pretty, I'm more perfection. I would consider myself a perfection, a recovering perfectionist. You know, I can I,
1: I can barely see anymore. You know, I have to I have reading glasses. I'm that age, mm-hmm. and but I can always see plaque on you can a person's always teeth. Yep, I, yep. I
2: still don't believe it. that. I think I don't I don't believe that because <laughs> yeah, I can, There's no way I can see that. But we're okay. talking about sexual perfectionism oh, okay, today. Okay, okay. Right. Perfectionism basically is just having a huge high standard, mm-hmm. right? That you're achieving, mm-hmm. and that's the that standard, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that you consider to be perfect is the one that you have to meet or else anxiety goes up. You get a sense of having to be in con- – you're out of control if you're not risking – if you're not achieving that perfectionistic standard, right. right? And in sex, it can come out in a lot of different ways, right? We Like when you have a, when you have sexual perfectionism, it comes out as a lot of different, different things such as frequency, right? And that's probably mm-hmm. one of the things. If you're not having sex a, X number of times, then something is wrong.
1: Right, and I hear people all the time who say, you know, I don't want to just have – Ordinary sex. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have any of that run-of-the-mill sex. I want to have an extraordinary experience every time. I mean, right. wh- why should we not? We're in bed. We should do it. It should be beautiful. It should be really exciting. I mean, why would we waste this moment instead of it being really? Filled with variety and excitement. Why would we waste it and just do something that's run of the mill? Yeah.
2: So, sex should always be adventurous. Right. Yeah. should it be. That's another perfectionistic standard you could have. Yeah. Variety of techniques, <laughs> that is variety definitely. of positions. Right? Um, they are not as swinging from. As I am swinging from <laughs> swinging from the chandeliers. Right? If you still have chandeliers, do people still have chandeliers? You yeah. know what it's
1: coming back is it coming back, yeah, yeah. it's like the way to make something romantic in right. any room
2: right, so now yeah. you can swing from them again, yeah um, you could also be we've talked about this before that orgasm becomes the the standard, mm-hmm. the perfect standard mm-hmm. that you have to have an orgasm every time, or that you even both have to have an orgasm or that you have to orgasm together, yeah right? oh, Those yeah standards or- become orgasming
1: pretty... together, yeah that's a big one how can we time it so that we're in ecstasy at the same moment
2: mm And then also just, I think, and this affects men and women probably differently, but how you look, right, becomes, I mean, that's the obvious one that becomes a perfectionist standard that may get in the way of, yeah, absolutely.
1: So interruptive, because, you know, minimally we age, Mm. so nobody stays young forever and... You know, even if you're in great shape, I mean, there are so many people out there who feel so bad about their bodies that they can't relax and enjoy that terrific, wonderful sex. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that swinging from the chandelier, swinging from the chandelier yeah, sex. Exactly. Suddenly, I want a chandelier. I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Well, you can also like hang ropes from it, and you uh, know. All nice. kind of... <laughs> I'm
2: gonna have to reinforce that chandelier,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: Um, so, how do you see Lori in the couples that you see? How do you? What are the the damage that sexual perfectionism can can cause in couples, in particularly like how does it come out?
1: You know, I think that the the main thing is that people, first of all, they're comparing themselves to this unrealistic standard, right? And so they feel such disappointment. And they, it can really rock their world. They can start to say, well, maybe I chose the wrong person. You know, maybe we're never going to be sexually compatible. There's all this disappointment mm. that starts to evolve when the standard is too high. And, and then that's, of course, this terrible cycle. It, you know, they're disappointed. Um, so their partner starts to experience them as critical. It mm. becomes pressuring. They can't enjoy the moment that happens. You know, God forbid their partner doesn't orgasm once. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, you did you know, it was good, but you didn't climax, you didn't come, so you know, I we you know, that's not really up to snuff and mm-hmm. so that doesn't even count and this can be a really vicious cycle.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say it's, it kind of it just feeds on itself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just it just deepens um, what happens. I see this come out a lot in just the since that they it colors everything else right so they tend when you're sexually perfectionistic you tend to only remember the failures and not the successes right that is so true they're, like, so they're you,
1: looking for what's wrong
2: yeah you're you're looking for where is the flaw that didn't make it perfect Right, Mm -hmm. and so it's you see you don't see the good that is happening, Mm -hmm. right? Perhaps maybe the foreplay was really good, and Mm -hmm. you but because you didn't orgasm, then all of a sudden the whole sexual experience is ruined, or it was. You're just
1: naked together. Come on, come on. Yeah,
2: so you you lose so much momentum in not seeing it as an evolving thing that it has to be perfect every time, and then what I think is I think it then keeps you from taking risk in the future. So then you just stop. You stop taking chances, mm-hmm. right? You maybe stop initiating, or you start withdrawing, mm-hmm. um, because you're not will, you're not willing to take the chance that it might not be perfect or not might not be up to snuff.
1: Right. I talked to a guy this week who has premature ejaculation, but his wife doesn't climax that way, and she's told him for the last four years it doesn't matter. Hmm. It really doesn't matter.
2: And he won't believe her.
1: No, and I I finally had to get through to him. I'm like, look at Dude, it doesn't matter. That's not the way she climaxes. She enjoys you being inside her. She likes it. But enjoy it. Okay, so Mm. you climax fast. But, I mean, what he was doing, Adam, was he was thinking it was a bad experience. Mm. I mean, he had this false projection that said she's thinking I'm a bad lover. And that was not it. So his withdrawal, his anxiety, that's what actually made him a bad lover, was he Mm. wasn't really present because he was so anxious Mm.
2: Yeah. And it's it it probably just kept him stuck. It did. It kept kept him him stuck, completely stuck and kept him from moving and kept him from seeing the good that was in his that was in his relationship. Yeah.
1: And for the record, that, you know, that anxiety adds to premature ejaculation. It makes it worse.
2: Yeah. It it just again, it just feeds itself. Yeah.
1: Perfectionism can actually cause sexual dysfunction. Mm.
2: I think it can also cause some depression, too. Yeah. As well. I think it could come out like eventually if you feel like you are continually failing to meet a standard, a self-imposed standard, then you're going to end up looking like they're not having depression or de- having depressive symptoms um, that come out, mm-hmm. right?
1: And I, I think it's, you know, at some level, it can be controlling. Oh. And I think this is where it really becomes a little more toxic. Oh, yeah. That, you know, your partner has these expectations and that it has to be this way all the time. I, I know we're going to lose listeners today.
3: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: we're going to lose listeners who say, oh, forget about it. You know, foreplay, Radio Sex Therapy, they think that, you know, that we can't have this standard, that we shouldn't even shoot for it. But mm. what we're saying is the standard is interruptive to pleasure. Yes. It's interruptive to connection. That's right. And this is a problem.
2: And it emerges that way because you're try you then try to control everything that you really can't control right control is a is an illusion mm-hmm. right and I know people like. They know this mentally, but they don't know it emotionally, that they cannot control everything. So, especially in your relationship, things are going to happen, right? Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to be not exactly right at the right time. It may not be exactly as romantic as you planned it. And the perfect time may not ever emerge with their sexual experience, with how romantic it is, with what positions they're able to do, with how adventurous it is, frequency, all those things that are going to go wrong. And if you are trying to control them, right, it's only going to increase your anxiety and it's going to increase the anxiety in your partner, um, and it's going to end up being really limiting to your sex life.
1: Yeah, and I think that sometimes people's deeper dysfunction about controlling and anxiety start to – Contaminate the sex life. It's mm-hmm. not really that they're just controlling about the sexual experience; it's that they have deeper issues to control. Period. Yeah. And I mean that really needs to be explored. I mean, my own theory is: naked time is good time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <You
2: know, laughs> Any time you're naked time is, great is a good great time. time. <laughs> so, so let's okay. Let's come
1: back after the break and talk a little bit more about, you know, what happens, what what this causes, and what yeah. are the concerns, and when to get help.
2: Exactly. Sounds good.
1: So, Adam, we're going to do a new thing. We are going to offer a link to Patreon on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, which is foreplayrst.com yeah. for people who are really interested in helping us develop deeper, you know, more interesting podcasts and mm-hmm. also offer resources to them.
2: Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. And we know that several of you have been real supportive of us and we hope you would consider being financially supportive as well.
1: Right, because we're running practices and families and we need time Really, to do more, something like a webinar, we'd like to do some worksheets for you.
2: We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners, dive deeper into the questions you have, offer more practical steps for you to have the best possible relationship.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe.
1: So we're looking for some patrons. We appreciate already the love, the emails that you send. All of that is great. So if you love listening to us, you can find out how to support us by going to our website, foreplayrst.com. Thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate
3: it. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is
1: designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems.
3: Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype.
1: I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy.
3: Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at AwakenLoveAndSex.com. Awaken what's possible.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthew's Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At Matthew's Counseling net we strive to help make the first step easy there you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist you also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience we offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone so the first step is at no cost to you give us a call at 919-587-8018 or again find us online at matthewscounseling.net we look forward to working with you We're back talking about sexual perfectionism and how it affects relationships. And Lori, I wanted to get your take on. Uh, there was a great study out, the, out of the University of Kent that taught that actually explored all the dimensions of sexual perfectionism, right? And they found cool. Cool. they found four different ways that it, the perfectionism, comes out, right? Okay. And one is that it is self-oriented. The perfectionism is aimed at yourself and wanting to be. The perfect sexual partner. Right. And so you set high expectations for yourself, how you perform, how you how you uh,
1: look, maybe how you as look, well. Yeah. Uh-huh. How
2: you look all those different ways. And so the perfectionism is oriented to yourself um, yeah. and the standard that you set. For and, yourself and I there. think
1: this is one of the problems. If the sex life isn't going well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this fear. Am I not a good sexual partner? I yeah. mean, this is this is what people are afraid of when they come to see me particularly, mm-hmm. is I'm afraid to go see a sex therapist because what I'm going to hear from my partner is I'm a lousy lover. Yeah. You know? okay. And so that delays it delays them getting help by years sometimes, right. Or at right, th- this fear.
2: I think I say, too, is that they may go into a relationship feeling like that's the way that they are going to keep their partner, right? That they're going to keep their partner satisfied by being a great lover um, and happy. And so they end up setting a standard for themselves that they may not be able to meet at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. The other way they found that it came out is in it's partner-oriented and wanting your partner to be perfect. So you're projecting onto your partner – this expectation um, of where they should be and how good they should be um, in your sexual relationship.
1: You know, I hear this a lot. I hear it in men, particularly when they talk about, you know, I want my wife to stay thin and in shape and Mm -hmm. I want her to be really adventurous. There was one guy I knew. I used to talk with him on the radio, you know, and he talked about this high pressure Mm -hmm. of telling his wife you know, I want you to be thin. I want you to stay in shape and I want to have sex 5 times a week. Mm-hmm. And his compulsion about her standard of beauty, of what he felt her standard of beauty should be. I'm thinking, does she really want to sleep with him? Yeah.
2: I mean, really? <laughs> who, who, who would when you have, have sex, a guy that way? Yeah. who's
1: watching every ounce you eat and, you know, tallying up how many times you've been to the gym that week, mm-hmm. that level of micromanagement, and then you want to be free in bed with him, you know, yeah. forget about it. This yeah.
2: I actually see more where they are imposing a standard of desire, that their desire should be at the same level and should be should match theirs, right? So they they're projecting a a standard of libido onto, onto mm. their partner. Right. And, right. If, and if especially
1: if a male is projecting it onto a female saying, mm. I want you to want it as much mm. as I do. Yeah, It's like, okay, give me an injection of testosterone. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, it
1: doesn't mean that I don't want him, right? right. Or I don't want you. It's, it's that he wants her to want sex. And yeah. this is a biological hormonal issue. Yeah. You know, if you want her to want sex, then get her to want you.
2: Yeah. Desire, but is a by desire and by deep
1: connection and careful attention to her yeah. experience, certainly, mm-hmm. but it, it's a different route.
2: Yeah. The the third one they found is partner prescribed, right? So it's feeling that your partner expects you to be perfect. And this one, you know, your partner may not actually be intending to send this message. All right. But you feel like they are. You feel like they have an expectation on you that is really high. Oh, and this yeah. was the one they actually found to be the most problematic, right? Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. the most anxiety, the lowest self-esteem, Um, Well, it's the greatest,
1: it's the greatest distortion Mm. because it's not reality. Yeah. I mean, and I would say this on the other side of it, men who find women so beautiful, you know, with their imperfections, with whatever the extra 10 pounds is. And they're like, you know what, that's in her head. That is in not in my eyes. I think she's gorgeous. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do her every day, <laughs> and you know, I mean, and but you can't. He can't get through to her because yeah. it's her own internal distortion, and he's yeah. project. She's projected it onto him, saying he wants this from me. Therefore, he's setting a standard, and it's not true. Yeah, and that is really a twisted thing to try to get out of. Yeah, it, it's hard. Know? It's
2: hard to. It's hard to unravel, right? Yeah, because like, they they may or may not be sending that message. But you're definitely feeling that one way or another, and it has it has to do with your partner, but it also has to do with you individually, right as well, yeah.
1: right? it's a bind. It's right like when yeah. a woman asks a man, you know, do you think this dress makes me look fat? It's
2: mm-hmm. like, oh,
1: buddy, you know, you just. You can't no win. So, you know, it's like, hey, baby, you look beautiful no matter what you're wearing, right. and especially when you're not wearing something. I think you look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's it can be a real bind, and yeah. that's why I think that one's the worst.
2: Yeah the the last one is uh, a socially prescribed perfectionism feeling that society expects you to be perfect. All right, and this one is just it is hard to escape because we live in a society that projects perfection in everything in advertisements on tv and movies um in the way that we talk about sex and our ideas about sex like everything is at a stand nobody very few people talk about the flaws and the time sex goes bad right mm-hmm. and anytime you see it in a in a show sex usually goes perfect and this has right?
1: increased this pressure this social yeah, pressure has increased for men as well as for women, don't you think? I mean, oh, the, absolutely. The yeah. hot male model, you know, the six pack. Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, equating that he's really hot, therefore a better lover. Yeah. You know, by his body shape, and I mean, I think, I think there is there has always been pressure for women, but it's significantly increased for men. Yeah, and I think who, the other th- who oh. get anxious. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead.
2: I was. Yeah, I think I was just going to say that I think the other thing that happens is that we compare ourselves to the other people in our lives, mm-hmm. right? And so, and most of us are not going to talk about the time with our friends or the people that we look up to. We're not going to talk about the the bad components of our uh, sexual relationship. Sure, and we're and,
1: comparing ourselves to the media images. Yeah, we're also comparing ourselves to the Facebook, you know, posts, the schmooze, Instagram posts. Right, yeah. this is. This is a surface look yeah. at people's lives and we say, "Oh, they, you know, they've got it so great. Look yeah. at them. They're rich, they're happy. They're going on vacation yeah. all the time." You know, we have no idea and and yeah. they're only posting the shots that look good.
2: Yeah, I was talking to uh, I was talking to a couple um, a couple weeks ago, and they are really cl- they have a lot a big friend group, and they're always getting together with all the, all the girls are getting together and all the guys are getting together. They're all married friends, and they're just mm-hmm. talking about how they only talk about how much they are have everybody is having sex. How, you know, the, when they talk about their <laughs> sex lives, especially the guys, the guys are always talking about um, how much, they're getting, how much they're getting it and how good it is, right? Or the wow. women, or they're complaining, or vice versa, they're complaining about how how much they're not right and so there's this there's this image that this perfectionist is that if it's good if if your relationship is good you're having sex at this frequency this often this you know this desire level all these kind of stuff that you're comparing yourself to to what's going on around you and that's just a killer of joy all the time oh. right comparison is just it, it's what it causes pressure right? for those that, yeah.
1: that group of people you know yeah to, so, to try to live up to.
2: Oh, absolutely. But so one of the things that this, the study found that this creates, and we can talk about this for a second, is it creates this, what they're calling spectatoring, right? Mm-hmm. Where they feel as though they're watching themselves have sex. They spend the entire time concerned about their performance, right? And this creates so much anxiety and stress, mm-hmm. right? This
1: is the hover over the bed. Watching myself, judging myself if I'm any good or if I'm getting aroused or is it going to happen tonight, right? It's, mm. That's the spectering. Well, yeah. Spec- spectating. Whoops. S- spectatoring. 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 Not the spectering. That's right. when I'm dead hovering above the bed. Yes, also not,
2: not <laughs> spelunking either. Not <laughs> spelunking. That's a whole different okay, thing. Okay, good. Um, but, and you can talk. you can probably speak to this because one of the things is that anxiety, particularly for women, works against the process of arousal. Right, right, right. It, and it, for men. It, well, and for men too. Yeah, ED,
1: PE. You know, it works against it in both ways, actually.
2: Yeah, and it, because the anxi- anxiety has to go down for arousal to go up. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and so that's so it becomes a it becomes a big problem. Anxiety is, has
1: to go down for the penis to come up as well.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> Truly, too much anxiety, ED, oh, and the other way, like I said as well, too much anxiety, PE. It's just right. Just but depends. is it,
2: Yeah. But for women, mm-hmm. for- too
1: much anxiety, no bigo. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Just doing all, all the acronyms. I'll, I'll to all, all the acronyms. All right. So cool. So what would you say? How do we defeat perfectionism, sexual perfectionism?
1: You know, I think it's growing up. We have to uh. accept that in maturity, we have flaws. We have to accept ourselves as human. Mm. You know, our bodies as human, our experience as human. We have to reduce... The standard, like I Mm -hmm. said, naked time is good time.
2: Yeah. And and failure is a part of life. I think that's a growing up thing too. That's a concept. And even in your sexual relationship. Yeah. And quite honestly, I mean,
1: personally, I have never felt like we've failed. Yeah. I just have never, ever felt that. Mm. I have always felt like to be together is a great moment. Right. It's a great moment. I, I don't judge it in the way of like, was that a super moment? I mean, sure. Sometimes it's out of the park and that's fantastic. But I never think about you know if we have a moment together, an intimate moment. That somehow or another, that's a bad thing. That's a great thing.
2: Yeah. So you're 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 taking failure off the table. Period.
1: Absolutely. Right. I it mean, does, in my it, doesn't, life, it doesn't exist. It doesn't even exist. I never yeah. even thought about it. Yeah. That's not how I think about sex.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the other thing they can do is you have to maybe identify those perfectionistic thoughts that you've had and challenge them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you have to notice. You have to begin to doubt that they are real, yeah. right? Like, do think
1: people of, really have spectacular sex all the time? Most of the time, even. Yeah,
2: most of the time. <laughs> That's right. You know? right? <laughs> no, do, the, do they, they really don't. do they really swing from chandeliers? Yeah. No, they they no, probably don't. They don't. Right. You have to introduce some doubts into the thoughts that are keeping you hostage, and go, "This is not the way that it really is." You know, real people don't act this way.
1: Right. And you have to take away the idea that you know what turns your partner on or, or maybe, maybe ask them, how do you feel desired?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, is it my big erection that turns you on? Or is it the kindness that I've shown you when I listen to you at the end of the day?
2: Yeah. Well, it's like the guy you were, the guy you were talking about, right? mm -hmm. Like she, orgasm was not the ultimate for her. That was not perfect. That wasn't perfect sex. So you have to, you have to change what your partner feels like is, is good and come up with a, um, a better definition of that. And I think you got I think perfectionism keeps us from actually talking about things that we like or we don't like. Right. And so I think that that has to be something when we get around perfectionism to defeat it. We have to be honest about those things um, and talk about the ways that that sex works for us right and and what what we consider a win right if you mm-hmm. I mean you and your husband you know you're what you're saying is neck time is good time mm-hmm. right when that's the, when that's the standard I know people when we talk about lowering expectations, I think people often get confused about that right because they feel like we're you're settling when you're doing that and i and i I just I would just challenge that that I don't think that that is what you're doing, you're not saying that it can't be great. But when you hold everything as having to hit this high mark and don't bring that expectation down to something that is that is achievable, then you're setting yourself up for failure almost every time. And absolutely. you And then you don't hit that high, right? You're never going to hit that high when the high is the only thing that can happen.
1: Yeah. Perfectionism is the enemy of the good,
2: right? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, you're listening to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews. Thank you so much for those of you who have signed up for Patreon. We're going to do a webinar soon. I, I think it's a $10 sponsor. We're going to bring that up and let you know the dates. We will contact you. But we so appreciate you. And you're listening to Foreplay. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.
3: All content is for entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.
2: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery.